0: This message is, we're going to be praying in just a bit, and this is fuel for prayer, but what is this message about? It's about three things that need to open uh, for the gospel to be shared, and for the gospel to be received by people in the world. Three things must open. Now, you might be thinking, uh, okay, I'm not part of that part of Christianity. I'm, I'm not a, a preacher, or I, I'm not an evangelist, or I'm not an expert in the scriptures, or a theologian. Uh, I don't know the doctrine that well to really defend it that well. And we come up with all these things. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are certainly a witness for Christ you have a testimony in your life and you have a testimony about Jesus that it could be super simple but it can profoundly impact and change lives if you were to ask Jesus who do you say I am in relationship to you among the things that Jesus would say he would certainly say based on acts chapter 1 verse 8 you are my witnesses and you know what witnesses do they open up their mouths and they tell on Jesus to the world I'm saying it like a Greek would we don't hide him we're not closet Christians we make him known to the world. We don't have a light and we hide it somewhere in the church and keep it away from the world. We let it shine openly in the world so that others might benefit from the light of God that is transferring people out of darkness that Sierra was talking about. There's a whole lot of constructed lies and philosophies and ideologies that have been circulating from Genesis 3 all throughout the ages and the the devil's not stopping his business. He's going to continue to lie to the world and let people born be born into these lies it's a matrix of lies that veils the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the truth which is the face of Jesus Christ God who was invisible dwelt in invisible light came down to earth and dwelt among us and made himself plain to see so that the world has eyes for God this is a hidden mystery to the world And when they don't hear about Jesus, it remains a mystery. And so we are witnesses who are meant to testify about this and allow the Holy Spirit with our testimony to go into lives and wake them up and make them alive, regenerate them. The Greek is recreate them, make them a new creation in Christ Jesus where they were dead spiritually and they're made alive by the Spirit of God. This is what the world needs. You've come into this, and you're meant to actually extend it forward, saying this is for everyone. Jesus wants people in this world to hear about him. He wants them to know his heart for them, his love, his commitment to them, how much in that commitment he was willing to go through to bring them into... from a divorce state back into a reconciled covenant relationship with God. He wants people to turn to him with belief and to yield to him trust so that they might be saved, safe with him, have a life and a hope and a future with him. And so for all that to happen, back to those three things, three Things that we're going to be praying about, three things need to open. The three O's, as Blaine said at brunch. The three things that must open is, number one, doors must open. The second thing that must open is, mouths must open. And the third thing that must open, hearts. Must open. You know this message, don't you? It's over there, okay? It's on the PowerPoint. (laughs) And before anything of the most hugest importance, first priority, we need to pray about all of this. Because we can agree with it and end up never opening our mouths because we're afraid to. But when we pray, things change. And so we need to pray. And we're going to start by talking about praying. Four open doors. The early church, they were witnesses for Christ, just like us. Simple people, but the power of the Holy Spirit was upon them and in them and manifesting all things, all sorts of things they would never do if it wasn't for the Spirit of God. And we also have that same Spirit that was living in them, living in us as well. And so, uh, Colossians 4.3, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be committed to God in prayer. Staying alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And then the next verse, you want to talk about praying for open doors? It's Paul talking You can take this and make it your prayer as well. He says, and pray that God may open a door. For what? For our message. It's a simple message. You don't have to be super complicated and eloquent. You don't have to be a philosopher. We carry a message that needs to simply be proclaimed so that the power of the Holy Spirit can take it from there and work Miracles in the lives of people. So he's praying for an open door for our message so that we might proclaim the mystery of Christ. Jesus Christ is a mystery to the world. And we need to make that mystery a plain reality as witnesses for Christ. We need to testify about the reality so it moves from mystery to woe. Is this real? Is it really? Should I dare to believe you or trust you? We need to testify to begin to stir up faith in those who hear us. And so what's the prayer request here in Colossians 4.3 really about? It's a desire to make Jesus known to more people in this world beyond ourselves. That they also might, just like we did, hear the message of Christ, believe it, call upon him in a receptive way and be saved that's romans chapter 10 but what exactly is praying for open doors what does that mean it means praying for divine opportunities praying for opportunities what was the last time you woke up and prayed that god would open up an opportunity for you to shine for Him. We can shine for God with acts, and we can shine for God with words. They both go hand in hand. If you want to shine for God with acts, Jesus said, you know, you're the light of the world. He identified us as the light of the world, and He says, let your light shine in such a way that people see your good works, your acts." And as a result, it tracks into your source where you're coming from with these acts. As a result, they will give glory to your Father in heaven. They will give thanks. They're like, if you're having these people do this, thank you, Lord. And they might even end up becoming worshipers yielded in their trust to the Lord. So we shine with our acts. God has planned in advance for you as a workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus, you're a new creation in Christ. He has planned in advance, for the remainder of your life from here on, he has planned in advance certain good works for you to do. It says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has planned in advance for us to do. And so there are acts. But we can also shine with words. It doesn't omit talking about him or it doesn't mean do all the acts but never open up your mouth it also involves opening up our mouths and so we can actually shine by opening up our mouths and saying something that we know we're certain about is true you can open up your mouth by engaging in that spiritual discussion my dad used to have people over and all he would say is you believe in God And it would lead sometimes to hours of spiritual discussion. You can open up your mouth and invite someone to where these spiritual discussions take place. In a home, a small gathering, or in a building, in a large gathering. But we need to open up our mouths and courageously invite. You and I are meant to bridge people. We are messengers and ministers of reconciliation we stand in the gap between God and those who are not with God yet and we beckon them we plead with them that they would be reconciled to the one who wants them to be reconciled to him through Christ Jesus we stand in that middle it's simple we don't need to complicate that and we keep pointing and keep directing and John in the first letter of John First uh, John 1, 3 to 4, he says our joy is completed, it's made complete, it's full when not only that you come into fellowship with us in our small gathering or big gathering, but you would come all the way into the fellowship that we have with God the Father and God the Son. He goes, that's when our joy will hit its all-time high. In Acts 16, we see how God opens doors. I wanted to pick a biblical example. He opens doors for people that you would never think they would be open to Jesus Christ. And you go like, what What just happened here? This guy was dead set against Jesus, persecuting the day before. He he's the jailer. He put these guys in shackles. He's got them in the deep dungeon. That's his job. He, that's all he knows. And now his life gets completely rocked by these two guys, Paul and Silas. They get beaten because they share the gospel in the world. Uh, they're bleeding. They they get Put away in this dungeon where there's jailers in charge of them, deep dungeon. They they secured them so that they could never get out and never talk again. <laughs> they got shackles on their feet that they stalks that they've been locked up to. They, they're in the dark, it's midnight, and what do they do? They're grumbling and complaining. No, it says, even as they're bleeding, it says they were worshiping and praying. They were welcoming in that dark place, light, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. They, they were welcoming the atmosphere to shift. The other inmates, the prisoners, were listening to these guys. They're thinking, what are these guys saying? What are they doing? And suddenly, there's an earthquake, and the whole jail starts to shake. I would say God was going, uh-huh, yeah, I like these Prayers. I like what these guys are praying in this dungeon in this dark place. And he shakes up the whole place. All the doors of the, of the jail cells open up and the shackles on everyone's feet fall off. It's like a supernatural attention-getting thing that God did right there. So you can bet everyone's attention now is on the supernatural. The jailer comes in. He thinks it's the end of his life. I'm ruined. It's been a jailbreak, but they're all still there. They bring torches, and they're still there. He sees Paul and Silas, and he falls to the ground. This brought him to his knees. And you're thinking, wow, God opened jail cells, but now he opened up a huge opportunity for inmates and this jailer, and even the jailer's household eventually, because he took them home with (laughs) With him. He's on the ground, and he says, what do I got to do to be saved? something happened to him to ask that question and then they simply opened their mouths and said believe believe in Jesus and you will be saved and he takes them home and they speak more words about the truth the testimony of Christ and his whole family believes it says they believed and they were baptized so when we pray for open doors God supernaturally opens doors in surprising ways. I was in uh, Greece. You're thinking on holidays, you're not praying for open doors. You can pray for open doors wherever you go. It doesn't matter where you are on the planet. Always be ready, always be praying for opportunities. And so I'm in my mom's village, Prodromos. Right, mom? and this village is set on a mountainside and I I wanted to go a little higher beyond the village to the mountain to check it out so I took a walk Uh, I was away for hours on this mountainside I took a little red Bible I had at the time Do you remember that Bible it's all melted away now from too many notes and uh, I just spent some time out there in nature loving it loving God abiding in his word fueling up worshiping him And coming back really full, it was almost nighttime when I got back into the village again. And my uncle owns a tavern, shish kebabs and all that at night. And it was Friday night, so it was a whole lot of drinking happening in the tavern. The tavern was lit up. It looked like, wow, in the darkness, look at that light. And I I saw all the people fellowshipping over alcohol there. And I said, Lord, can I go? (laughs) I want to be there. Some of them are relatives. Some of them are just townspeople, and I just wanted to be there, and I felt like green light, you go, and I wanted to see what's going to happen, and I was ready, I spent a lot of time with the Lord that day, so I was ready to share something, I didn't know what to share, but I was ready to share, and as soon as I went in, I mingled a little bit, but then there was this guy in the corner with his buddies, I didn't know him that well, and he looked at me with anger, And then he came straight to me. And I'm thinking, whoa, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, I believe it was the enemy, and I believe it was God. I believe it was both. God was allowing the enemy to do something, and God was gonna use it for his good. So this guy comes and he goes, You believe in God? You believe in God? Because he heard this guy believes in God. And I came ready, but he didn't let me talk. He started swearing. He, started, he was loud. He was insulting Jesus. He said, if Jesus came down here right now, and I won't finish what he said, but it was so derogatory, so offensive, so ugh, ugh, I can barely stand what this guy's saying. And I wanted to talk, but I didn't know what to say. I was mad. and it's like, Lord, help me. Help me. <laughs> I don't want to react. To that. Help me to know what to say. And this guy went on and on, and people's attention, they thought we were in a fight, because he was yelling at me. His name was Costa. He wouldn't mind because he's not here, and there's a million Costas in Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He went on and on and on. He was asking these questions. He was answering himself. He never let me talk. And the thing that came to mind was to ask him if he was... An open-minded person. Are you an open-minded person? Uh, sh- Are you an open-minded person? You're asking questions. Do you want me to ever answer some of the questions? Are you open to hearing something in response to your questions? Okay, let's hear what you got. Let's hear what you got. So he's like, let's let's get it on. And I began to just simply say things that were true from the Bible. I didn't care what this guy thought because he was closed. He was a closed person door. He was a closed heart. He, 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 wasn't, he, he was insulting me as I spoke, and he would still let me talk, but all around him were all these people that gathered, and they were listening to the questions, and they were listening to the answers, and as answers were being given, they were nodding their head, and they were agreeing, so I'm thinking, the devil used you to get their attention for God to say something to them. And so, I don't know what happened to all those people, but I do know what happened to one who wasn't there that night, Vasili. This guy said, we're going to get you. There's a guy named Vasili in town. He knows how to talk. He'll talk to you. And uh, we're going to set it up. We set it up for Wednesday. We got together in the same tavern. We sit down, and Vasili's there, and is way more controlled and way more gentle. And Vasili, he looks at me, and he goes, I didn't know what we we're going to talk about. He says... Uh, have you ever seen God? So he wasn't interested in debate or theology or anything. He was asking for an experience. I want the real deal. Have you ever seen him? And I looked at him and I'm thinking, this guy wants a testimony. He wants me to witness to the reality of the supernatural. And I said, as a matter of fact, I have. And I saw him in a way that I never thought I could see him. I said, years ago, you know, as a kid, I grew up, I heard about God, I believed he was real in a real simple way. But around 20 years old, I wanted to experience what you're talking about. And so I said to him, I believe you're real. And I believe so much that I believe right here, right now, in this bedroom, I should be able to see you with my eyes. And I should be able to hear you with my ears and if i don't see you in my life and if i don't hear you in my life i would rather die very interesting prayer but he took it and suddenly there was an outpouring the room changed. the holy spirit came The reality of the spirit world, the reality of me being dead spiritually and coming alive, something happened that changed the course of my entire life there. The Holy Spirit came. I was born from God's spirit. I was born from above. Dead spirit came alive and my eyes opened. Jesus said, you will never see the kingdom of God unless you are born from above. And I said, I experienced what Jesus said, and you need to be born from above. And I dare you, forget the debate here tonight, I dare you to go home and sincerely, humbly call upon God for what you're looking for. Because he says, call upon me with all your heart, seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I dare you to put him to the test on that. And that was the end of that, and I went home back to Canada and one year later my mom says this Vasily is so they went and visited again is in the church and he's worshiping God and he's part of their worship team and I'm thinking what he must have met God he must have went for it believer he's a believer I was there a few years ago he's a believer and he's laughing about that time back then you know what he said to his buddies when I testified to him He said, this guy really believes what he's saying. And that was enough to move him. God finished the job. God did the rise. God awakened his life to, to, to the reality. But we are witnesses. All we need to do is testify with conviction and certainty and let the Holy Spirit have an opportunity to finish the job. Beyond praying for open doors, we need to pray for open mouths. Ephesians 6.19. Does fear come over you regarding this idea of being open out there in the world about Jesus? Do you feel afraid to do that? God knows that you and I are afraid. That's why he says, don't be afraid. That's why he says the Holy Spirit will come upon you with power. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you with power, Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit in Luke 24, and he will outfit you. He will clothe you with power. But then in Acts 1.8, he says, when he comes in power, I'll give you what the Greek says emu When he comes in power upon you, and we need to be asking for this all the time, to be clothed with the Holy Spirit and his power, when he comes with power, martyrs, martyrs, that means witnesses who testify. You can be a witness that doesn't testify. That's not a martyr. martyra means one who speaks up about their testimony. Martyrs, witnesses who testify, Félete, willingly, you will become. Very different. That implies you didn't have a will for this. You were afraid. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you with power, you will go from afraid to willing. You will go from fear to courage. Because he brings a spirit of boldness and courageousness to take a closed mouth that's timid and reserved and open up and just dare to speak what God would supply in that moment of speaking you know believers or unbelievers who have not yet believed they need to hear to believe but believers who believe they need to believe and speak Paul says in first Corinthians 4 or 12 I think he quotes Psalm 116 he says the quotation back then said, I believed and therefore I spoke. I speak what I have conviction for. And Paul says, we also believe and so we speak. So we open up our mouths and testify about what we know is true. We open up our mouths and we speak of the reality of who Jesus is and what he's done and what's coming. Because it remains a mystery until we take the mystery and unveil it and say this is the reality. This is what has happened clearly in history and this is history looking forward. This is what's coming. We're meant to testify. This is the testimony of Christ. We're meant to make that known. You might say, you know what? It's, it causes me anxiety to even think of having to testify and then be challenged and then have to defend Apologetic is defend in Greek. Apologia. Do you know what apologia means? Apo means from. Logos. Word. To take from the scripture and bring answers about the hope that you carry. You don't need to actually sit there and think that philosophically you're going to corner someone and lock them in and convince them. You just need to declare what you know is true from the word and so jesus reassures us when we feel intimidated he says don't worry luke 12 11. don't worry don't get all anxious and choked up don't worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say okay i'm listening to jesus now i worry about how i'm going to defend myself i worry about lacking the words on what to say and then he says for the Holy Spirit will teach you when ahead of time Lord no he will teach you right there in that situation right at that time when you feel challenged and don't know what to say he will teach you what to say right there at that time mark 13 11, Jesus speaking about the same thing he says he will give you supply you the words You're willing and he's the supplier. He will give you the words. And then in uh, Matthew 10, 19 from the NIV, this is how it says. He says, don't worry what to say or how to say it. Don't worry about the content and don't worry about the method of how you're going to speak to that person. He will supply you what to say and he will even show you how to speak to that particular person. Jesus knows to, how to speak to all sorts of people and he says my the Spirit of God the Spirit of Christ in you he will supply you what to say and how to say it and so I found myself you know in a situation like that I was downtown I only went with my daughter to see this cuz I'd never been around a preacher who takes a microphone and just preaches in the public to anyone and everyone and This guy brought a microphone and a little amplifier and he was downtown at Portage uh, Portage Place and his name was Dory Love. He was coming from Toronto, crossing through Winnipeg and he said, I'm going to cross through Canada. I'm going to preach to every downtown city and I had a friend who said, let's go see him. And so I went uh, with my daughter and we're in the crowd and I was watching and then my friend said, let me introduce you to him. And I went up there and got the introduction. This is my pastor, the person said. And then he looked at me and he goes, puts the mic right in my hand. He goes, you want to preach? And you, the first thought is, I never came prepared for this. I never came to do this. I came to watch, not to be the one who speaks. But he put it in my hand. And then this, don't worry. He will give you what to say and how to say. Guys, I had, I had a blank, blank mind. There was, there was nothing to say yet. But when I decided in faith, To believe Jesus at his word that he will supply me what to say and how to say it. I said, I heard someone ask a question out there. Have you ever seen God? And as a matter of fact, as the human race, we have all seen him, and I began to preach about the invisible God becoming visible, the one who dwelt in unapproachable light becoming approachable, and then I started to preach on sin, and I began to describe the anarchy, the, the, the rebellion, the, all sorts of things came out of my mouth, but it caught the attention of one person, there was a crowd, but they caught this attention of this one person who moved from South America to, to Winnipeg, and he wanted to talk to me afterwards, and he got together with me and he says, I've been drunk every single day, seven days a week for the last few years. I left South America to get away from all of that. And I still have a problem. Can you pray for me? I said, the Bible says, don't get intoxicated with alcohol, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't come under the influence of intoxicants, but come under the influence of God. I said, if you do that, he's going to move you away from that. He will be the one who frees you. Do you want that? I dared to say this because sometimes you think, is this going to happen? Please, Lord, I said what your word says. He says yes, and we start praying together, and I start getting dizzy in the prayer. (laughs) I didn't expect that. Uh, and he's wobbling. And I said, you feel that? And he goes, dizzy? And I said, yeah. I said, I think we're under the influence of God here. <laughs> and he said, his testimony, he said, you can testify about this today. I called him. His name is David Wilson. He He's part of our church. He's part of my church house. He, after that day, he said he stopped drinking, he got a job, and he's cleaned up, and he's walking with God, and God did a miracle. The the words are not what changed this man's life. It was the Holy Spirit who met with us there. We just dared, both of us dared to trust, and he came, and he closed in on our lives, and he altered this man's life. He got what he asked for. And so pray for open mouths, and don't doubt, even though you might speak simple things to people, Don't doubt the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I don't complicate the gospel. I speak it simply, and I let the Holy Spirit demonstrate his power in people's lives. We want to pray for open hearts. This is the last one. So we pray for open door opportunities. We pray for open mouths, which are courageous willingness to speak about what we know is true and We need to pray for open hearts. What does praying for open hearts mean? It means praying for responsive hearts in people out there. They might not be responsive to the Lord. They might completely ignore, oblivious, hardened, darkened in their understanding. Don't see this. Don't believe it. Resist it. Rejected in unbelief. And God wants us to pray for them and pray for their hearts because he can take a closed heart and make it an open heart. He can supernaturally open people's hearts. Jesus said his word is like a seed that is planted in the soil of people's hearts. And beyond us praying for open mouths as believers to talk, and testify, and proclaim the mystery of Christ. People need open hearts. It doesn't matter how many words you'll speak, if their heart is not open, it'll just bounce and fall to the ground. They need their hearts to become open receptive. They're on a different channel. They can't tune in. You talk to them and it goes right over their head. They think you're crazy. They think you're like an alien from out of this world. They think you've lost your mind talking about Jesus like that. You think you're, you know, it's like, who is this guy? Or who, who is this girl? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3, if our gospel, if the good news about Christ is veiled... Calypsis is the word veil. If it's, if our gospel is covered up in the people, people's minds, they, they have this covering, they have this veil over their mind that no matter what we're saying out here on the outside, trying to reach them, if they're, if the gospel is veiled, it, it's not going to get through to their minds. They're not going to see the truth. They're not going to see the light of the gospel. And he says, it is veiled to those who are perishing in this world. And and why are they perishing? He makes it very clear. The God of this world, Satan, who's been working from the beginning, his constructed lies and ideologies are everywhere. They're strongholds. People defend these things for life because they think it will be the end of their life if they let it go, and it will be the end of the life as they knew it, and they'll come into true life with Jesus as the Holy Spirit shows them. This is a lie, and he rips up the script of Satan, and he opens up the script of God, and he says, This is the truth. But it needs the Holy Spirit to do that in their hearts. Otherwise, they remain veiled in their minds with a false script. They're in the matrix. They're in a matrix of lies. They're living a lie. They were born into it. They're going to die into it unless the Holy Spirit intervenes. So open mouths is one thing, but we need God to do something about hearts. Paul says he's blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light shining out here. The light of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ who is the living image of the invisible God. They don't see him as that. They don't believe that. Their minds are closed to that reality. That's a no way to them. They resist Him. They reject Him. But 2 Corinthians 3 encourages us. And this is the Spirit's work. It says that the Holy Spirit liberates people from blindness, from the darkness. If there's a transferring out of the dominion of darkness and coming into the kingdom of light, the Holy Spirit is able to take people out of darkness and bring them into light. He has the power to change lives. In that same scripture, it says he removes the veil, the barrier. He takes the blinders off. Whatever is there that's causing them to not see or believe, he can remove that. And suddenly with revelation, he can help them see and believe where you're thinking, you rejected this yesterday and how, what happened? And the Holy Spirit can turn everything around. Sometimes it's longer, but he can even do it overnight with one visit. He's able to take a closed mind and open it. I'll just give you a prayer from Paul about all this. Ephesians 1.17, he was praying for an entire city here, the Ephesians. Uh, he was praying for God's spirit of apocalypse, Apocalypse. Remember I said veiled calypses? Apocalypses is God's spirit who takes the veil off. Or we use in English the revelation. Apocalypse is to take the kalima, the kalima off. That's apocalypse. He takes the veil off and suddenly they're in revelation. And it's like, I never seen this before. I never understood this before. My eyes have been open. The eyes of my understanding see now. Streams of light came in that wasn't there before. I was blind, but now I see the spirit of God does this work? Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and apocalypse revelation. So that you might know God better, so that you might know the hope, you might know the inheritance, you might know the incomparably great power for those who believe. The Holy Spirit can bring people there. And Paul was praying for the Ephesians. We can pray for our friends today in that fashion as well or our families or our neighbors i got one last testimony she said go ahead that was a beautiful moment in my life so i'm gonna testify it was uh... christmas it was a christmas service in our old building not this one there was a back room not like that but similar It had glass it was separate from the sanctuary further out in the foyer and this person was sitting there they came to church that 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 day and uh, they wanted to sit in the back outside the sanctuary and preach the message about the reality of God becoming flesh and dwelling among us, and that he's coming back again, and we need to be ready. And I began to plead that if, if, if people have not opened up their hearts for this great favor, this great gift to rest in our hearts, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, God gave him to us and to be Lord and and the Holy Spirit whom Jesus gives to anyone who believes in Him. If you have never opened up your heart, I said, uh, do it today. Don't walk away. Don't close your heart and walk away. Open your heart. Come forward. You don't even need to say anything. Just coming forward is non-verbally saying to God, I'm opening my heart. And I pleaded and pleaded, and nobody came forward. And I felt inside, wait. This is not an easy thing for someone publicly to come forward they've never done it they don't want to do it and so I shut my eyes and as soon as I shut my eyes I saw this picture and it was a picture of a door and a door handle and the hand was on the handle but it wasn't moving it was just holding the handle and so I kept my eyes shut and I kept talking now I was going with this revelation and I said you're at the door You're right at the threshold. I know it's hard to cross that line, but take a step of faith. If you're believing, don't harden your heart and walk away. Open up your heart. Turn the handle. And then suddenly the door got flung open at the sanctuary. The person sitting in the back area was moved in their heart, but they were hesitant. And then later they told me, it was bizarre I, I i i i didn't want to do it i was shy and and then when you began to say open the door i flung the door open it was dimitri's wife and she had tears coming down her eyes and i said "Joel, are you like opening your heart to christ to receive Him?" yes and i said let's pray and it was it was a beautiful moment truly Pray for hearts to open. God does open hearts. So we're praying for three things. We'll put up a slide there. We're praying for doors to open, opportunities. We're praying for mouths to open. That's a boldness to speak about the Lord and what we know is true. And we're praying for hearts to open, which is a supernatural miracle. And God is able to do it.